let's let's uh, bow very quickly. Heavenly Father, bless our time in your word. We dedicate this time to you and pray that you will speak to our hearts. And now, Lord, I pray as David pray, words in my mouth, meditation in my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. You are my strength and my redeemer. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we, we're, we're back in um, Deuteronomy. Um, we Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, we have been dealing with the uh, curses, uh, the blessings and the curses. Uh, remember that uh, Moses had told Israel uh, that when they went into the promised land, uh, that half of the tribes were to uh, go into one mountain and proclaim the blessings, and the others were to go um, into another mountain across from it and proclaim the curses. Uh, and the purpose of that was, as Moses had told them earlier, uh, that I am placing before you this day blessings and curses. And we saw uh, last week that as they were, we were going through the blessings, there was a condition um, that were placed on the blessings that God said, if you obey my word, if you obey, as Moses said, the voice um, of the Lord, if you would uh, keep the commandments and the words and the statues and the judgments uh, that I am sharing with you this day, uh, Moses said that these blessings shall come upon you. And he began to go through, and we know that the blessings that were listed, that were four uh, blessings that were listed, you should have that on your sheet. So we looked at it last week, the uh, blessings that were listed. And, and then he went on uh, after the people were re uh, responsible for proclaiming those four blessings, then it would be Joshua uh, who would follow up. And Joshua would come uh, with a follow-up of the continued blessings that God would give them uh, beyond those uh, four blessings that they were to proclaim uh, on the mountain. And he, we saw that he, he told them that they're going to be blessed uh, uh, militarily. They're going to be blessed with prosperity. They were going to be blessed uh, with a reputation. And in essence, people were going to know who they were uh, because of the God that they served. And not only were they going to know who they were, but God also said that they were going to be afraid of you. They were going to be fearful of you all because of your relationship with me. And we talked about that. That should give us as believers today a level of, of joy in our hearts to know that the God that we serve will protect us. And when he puts his name on us, sometimes the enemy is afraid of us just because of who we belong to. Uh, so we are, we're, we're so glad to know that God proved that with Israel uh, in this saying that he would bless them. And he told them how much he was going to bless them. He's going to bless their finances, that he was going to bless the land. He was going to bless their fields. He was going to bless the womb, uh, not only of, of, of those who were uh, bearing children, but also for the cattle and the land was going to produce. Uh, so God even told him that he was going to make them the head and not the tail. All of these things were inclusive of the blessings that God had uh, promised them. And he told them in verse 14, because we finished at verse 14, uh, where he told them, but don't turn aside from all of the things that I'm telling you to do that you are to adhere to the things that I'm telling you to do. He said, don't turn to the left hand, don't turn to the right, but you've got to obey what God was telling them to do. So um, the bottom line is God was telling them that in order to receive this blessing, there's a condition and the condition is obedience. So I need you to understand as we've been saying earlier that this whole lesson is based around obedience. God is concerned about us obeying his words. Uh, God, God, God cares more about our obedience than what we can give him. He, 
He's more concerned about our obedience than what we can do for him. Uh, he just wants us to be able uh, to obey his words and obey uh, his command. And when we get to verse 15, where we're starting at tonight, uh, again, that's Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll be starting at 28, starting at verse uh, number 15 tonight as we continue on. But now we're going into the curses. I need you to take notice to something. Uh, notice that the blessings came from verse 1 to verse 14. Uh, but the cursing part is going to go from verse 15 almost to the end of the chapter. And there's 68 verses. Why? Because God knew what Israel was going to do. God knew that Israel was going to come short, but he was making it clear to them what it was that was going to happen. Now, one thing we can always remember about God, even as we study this text, that God is faithful. Whatever God promised that he was going to do, God will do. Even in this situation, every blessing that God promised to do, God was prepared to carry out every blessing that he had placed in front of them, every blessing that he had spoke to them. He was already prepared to carry it out. So when we get to verse 15, um, I want you to keep in mind, uh, just as obedience brought about blessings, disobedience is going to bring about curses. And as we take a look at it, you're going to see that these verses beginning at verse 15 almost mirrors the same thing, just opposite of what was said about the blessings. So God wants them to know, uh, just like he wants us to know, that there's consequences for our actions. If you're obedient, there's consequences. If you're disobedient, there's consequences. And that's what we see in this text, and he's trying to tell them um, as it pertains uh, to the blessings and the curses. So let's jump um, into this text when we look at uh, uh, verse number 15. Uh, it starts off here, this, as I told you last week, this is a, a what I call a contrastive alternative to what we just heard, because the, the first word is but. Uh, but means that, it's contrastive conjunction, it means that something is about to be said opposite than what you just heard. They heard all of the blessings, they heard all of the things that God was going to do if they would obey his word and keep his command. But verse 15 says, but, it shall come to pass if, which means that this is a condition as well. The curses are a condition, which means that if they did right, they would be blessed. Now you see, if they do something else, something else is going to happen. It says, if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now remember before, in, uh, uh, previously in the blessings, it said that if you will diligently hearken unto him, the Lord thy God will bless thee. But here he says, if thou will not hearken unto the voice thy Lord, the voice thy God, to obey and to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, all of these curses instead of blessings, all these curses shall come upon thee in the same thing and overtake thee. Now, the thing I need you to see about this thing is that these are declarative statements that God is making. These are what's known in English as imperative statements, which means that these are commands, not options. God is not saying that if you disobey me, this might happen to you. No, God is telling them, if you disobey me, this is going to happen. So God is not bending. God is not flexible with this. God gives them either or. He says you're on one side or you're on the other. Either you're going to do this and receive this or you're going to do that and receive the consequences thereof. So he says that if you will not, if you choose not 
to obey me, then all of these curses are going to come upon you. Now, the word curses, or we're going to see it uh, when they start calling out the curses, just like they called out the blessings, the other half of the tribes are going to call out the curses. But the, 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 these curses, again, is a word that, that means trifling. Uh, there, there's two terms that's used for it, but here it's talking about you shall be a trifling nation. You shall be a, a downplayed nation that people are going to look at you almost with disgust. Why? Not because they've done something, but this is the punishment that God is going to place upon them because of their disobedience to his word. Now, I got to pause again for you that God wants to bless us. God has no desire to curse us. But God lets us know that there are consequences for our actions. God wants us to know that we can't live any kind of way we want to live and call ourselves his children. Just like you who on this call who are parents, you are not just going to let your children act any kind of way without chastising them, without correcting them. And God is the same way with his children, those who he has chosen to be his people. He's telling them that, hey, if you choose not to hearken unto my commands, if you choose not to obey my commands, then instead of receiving a blessing or a reward, you're going to receive curses or, should we say, punishment. And he says that these things are going to come upon you and they're going to overtake you. Now, here's the part about being overtaken. The part about overtaken, which it means that you ain't going to be able to, to, to do anything to stop. When God prepares to do what he's going to do based on your disobedience, you can whine all you want to, you can cry all you want to, but when God gets ready to move, he's going to move. And we got to remember, just as God blesses us, he's faithful with blessing, and God is faithful to keeping his word, even when it means that he has to punish. So God is a faithful judge. So when it comes time for him to judge, he will keep his word. So he says that if you choose not to obey me in verse 15, that these things are going to overtake you. Now, beginning at verse number 16, here is where you have the people. This is the part that the people in the mountain were to cry out. These next four verses of what the people, the six tribes that were in the other mountain were going to cry out. They're going to say, this starts at verse 16. It says, cursed shall thou be in the city and cursed shall thou be in the field. Now, we saw the exact opposite earlier. Exact opposite earlier was you're going to be blessed in the city and you're going to be blessed in the field. But he says, if you choose to disobey me, he said, you're going to be cursed in the city and you're going to be cursed in the field. What is it saying? Your business is going to be cursed. Your fields are going to be cursed. Whatever it is that you go to do your place of work, that place is going to be cursed. Verse 17 is the second curse. It says, cursed shall thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. The curse is you're going to have little food. Remember, we saw that earlier when it was talking about blessed is thy basket, that, that which you're gathering in is going to be blessed. Cursed is that store, your mixing bowl or your nettling trough is going to be cursed. And the curse is going to be instead of having a lot of food, you're going to have little food. That's going to be the curse of your disobedience uh, for not obeying the commands that I gave to you. The third curse in verse number 18 says, curse shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy field and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy field. Now what God is saying here says, Israel, instead of having a bunch of children, you ain't gonna have no children. He says that the curse is going to be a barren womb. He says that you, you, the, the, the fruit of your body, which is your offspring, 
that's going to be a curse, which means that women are not going to be able to have children the way that they have been having them. Now, you got to look at that. Why is that so important? Because part of the blessing that God had promised to Abraham, he promised them to be a great people, a great seed. Your, your numbers shall be great. They shall be as the stars of the sky. So God had promised that to Abraham. But God says, if you choose not to obey my command, then one of the curses is your, your womb is going to be blessed that you're going to be barren and you're not going to be able to have children the way that you have been having them previously. Now, the context here is not that you're not going to be able to have any children. It says that you're going to be cursed and you're not going to be able to have them the way that you had been having them previously. Remember that Israel was, was growing in number greatly, and that was one of the blessings that God had promised. He says uh, that, that curse shall be the fruit of thy body. He says curse shall be the fields, the fruit of thy field. Uh, uh, the, the implication is that is that you may, you may plant a, a field, but you ain't going to be able to yield much. You're going to do all the work that it takes to plant the crops, but it ain't going to yield much. So instead of having plenty, you're going to have little. Uh, uh, instead of having an abundance, you're going to have less. And this is part of the curse. He says, uh, uh, a curse is the increase of thy kind. And remember, kind, that K-I-N-E, is nothing but cows or your cattle. That, that the increase of your cattle is going to be small. So instead of you having a, 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 a big group of cattle out there, you're going to have a small uh, group of cattle out there. And he says, blessed, uh, curse, I'm sorry, are the flock of your sheep. So all of, not only is your, the womb of, of, of the family going to be blessed, but the womb of that which you own is going to be blessed. The land ain't going to bring forth much. The cows ain't going to bring forth much. The sheep are not going to bring forth much. So instead of being in abundance, you're going to have little. That is the third curse. And then you see what the fourth curse are is what they're going to call out from the mountain. Is they're going to say, curse shall thou be when thou cometh in, and curse shall thy be when thou goeth out. Again, what he's basically saying, you are not going to have any happiness in life. In, in the daytime, you're going to have problems. In the nighttime, you're going to have problems. And you're going to see the context of that in a few minutes when we get into it. Uh, because when we look at where he's saying that curse shall be, again, that word curse, it, it's a derogatory term or a negative term, which means to excrete. It's, it's basically a bitter outcast from God. Where God is saying that I am bitterly spewing you out. I'm done with you. Uh, there's consequences because of what you failed to do on my behalf. I want to pause for a second because I want you to see what that looked like. Even after Israel had uh, uh, rebelled against God and actually did what God told them not to do. I want to show you how it played out. Turn with me. I hold your spot here at Deuteronomy 28. But turn over to uh, Malachi chapter 2. Turn over to Malachi chapter 2. I want to uh, uh, read something to you and show you uh, how this plays out, this thing uh, of, of being cursed or this thing uh, of being uh, trifling or this thing of being, uh, as, as Scripture teaches, an outcast, a bitter outcast, an excrete uh, from God. Uh, look at Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2, I want to read... Uh, uh, starting at verse number one. And this is pertaining to the priest because God was upset with the priest at this time. If this was his uh, statement to the priest or his judgment against the priest, look what he says in verse, starting at verse number one in chapter two of Malachi. He says, and now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. 
says, if ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to your heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, he says, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye did not lay it to heart. And look at verse 3. I told you it's a derogatory term. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feces, and one shall take you away with it. So God here is even showing how this is going to play out. He says that if you do not do what I'm telling you, you're going to be cursed. And here's something that we need to understand. That statement in Malachi was made to the priest. So don't think that just because you got a relationship with God that God won't chastise you. The Bible says he chastened those whom he loved. Israel was his own people. And he had to get them to understand that I am serious about my relationship with you. And this relationship is based on your obedience to me. So Israel here is being told by God that you are going to be cursed if you do not do the things that I'm telling you to do. But as Moses said, the choice is yours. Just like for us today, we have a choice between right and wrong. We have a choice to do what God is telling us, or we have a choice to go down the other road and follow other people. But you got to remember what scripture says about that. Why does the gate that lead to, the, to destruction and many shall go therein? But straight and narrow is the way that leads to righteousness, but few shall find it. So don't be caught up on following the crowd. Because the crowd could be leading you down the wrong road. So you see that those are the four curses that he gives to them uh, that the people are to cry out. And then in verse number 20, uh, Joshua is to take over. And Joshua is to speak these things uh, uh, to the people in regard to what had just been said. Now, I need you to... I'm not sure I see do, do, I'm sorry, yeah. Do, do I have any questions? Do I see any hands pop up? If you've got a question, you can just unmute your mic and we can answer it right then if you got any before I move on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All right. So um, so now we're going to see in verse number 20 is, is where now Joshua is to start speaking. And remember why I say Joshua because this is to happen when they get into the promised land. Don't forget, Moses is not going into the promised land. Joshua is going to take over. So this is the point where Joshua would have to make these statements after the people proclaim the curses. And look what he says. Joshua is going to have to say in verse 20, the Lord shall send, notice there, this ain't even about the enemy. This is about what God is doing all because of their disobedience. And don't forget, when we sin, we ain't sinning against man, we're sinning against God. And he says, because of this, because of your disobedience, he says, the Lord shall send upon thee cursing. And we just talked about that in Malachi. We just saw that that's a bitter outcast. God says, as a people, you're going to be, uh, to me, as an outcasted people, you're not going to be the profitable nation uh, that I promised that you were going to be. Not that I can't make you profitable, but because of out of your own choices and decisions that you made to disobey my commands and to go against me in disobedience. Now, here is the consequences for your very actions. He says that uh, uh, the Lord shall cause you come to come to send upon thee cursings. And then he says, not only is he going to send cursings, he's going to send, as the text says, vexations. Now, vexations is nothing but confusion. God is going to send you a, 
a, a severe turmoil in your life. He's going to, I, I call it divine panic, that, that God is going to cause your mind to be going crazy. And we're going to see that a little bit later on uh, in the text. He's going to cause confusion to come upon them. Now, you're talking about a nation that God had chosen to be his people at one point when they go into the to the promised land you're going to see that they're going to be a mighty nation obeying God and all the blessings coming upon them but then there's going to come a point that they're going to disobey God and the people are going to see them in a different light and, and Joshua is going to tell them that not only is cursing going to come upon you, but vexation is going to come upon you. Confusion as a people is going to come upon you. And we're going to see, and I'm going to try to find it in the text, that there's going to come a time that Israel is going to be running away from folk and ain't nobody chasing them. The text says that they're going to be running over each other to get away from somebody when there is nobody chasing them. Why? Because the Lord is going to cause confusion to come in their life. And the purpose of the confusion is based on their disobedience to what they promised him that they were going to do. He's going to send vexation. And then the next part says, and he's going to send rebuke. Now, the word rebuke is nothing but chastising. And we know that, as I said earlier, God chastens those whom he loves. But the purpose of chastising is for correcting. Now, you got to keep this in mind as we go through these curses. You're going to see some, 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 some deep language and some language where God is, is really talking about punishing them to the very end. But you got to know the history of Israel, that there is going to be a remnant that God is going to save. All, everybody's not going to be punished to the end of destruction because he made a promise. And if you read the book of Revelation, there's going to be at least 144,000 of them left over uh, in the very end. So God is letting them know here that, that he's going to send rebuke. He's going to send correction. But the thing about this correction is the correction is coming to God from God. God is not correcting them or punishing them because he wants to embarrass them. God is correcting them, as, as our parents used to tell us, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, it's going to hurt me more than it hurt you, I'm doing it because I love you. And, and, and even the idea, if God didn't care about them, then he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. And you've got to remember, God is always going to be a God that will uphold his name. God will always keep his name clear. And if he's promising in his word that he's going to do something, then God is going to do that, which he promised. So he says that he's even going to send rebuke upon them. And look what all of these things, the cursing, the vexation, and the rebuking is going to be carried out. Look at that next clause. And all that thy setteth thy hand unto for to do. He says, whatever you put your hand to do is going to be cursed. Whatever you put your hand to do is going to be problems. Whatever you put your hand to do is going to be an outcast. Whatever you put your hand to do is going to cause confusion instead of bringing about clarity. While all of this is part of the punishment that God is telling them. And notice he says, whatever you put your hand to, it ain't going to prosper. Why? Because you failed to obey my word, because you failed to keep my word that I said to you, whatever you put your hand to. And look how long he said, until thou art destroyed. Now, that's the seriousness that God has with his people. And I hope you see the context of this and even the implication for us that we serve a serious God. We serve a God who has all power in his hand. We serve a God who has the capability of fighting battles for us, defeating enemies for us, opening up doors for us, healing us when healing is needed, protecting us whenever we 
need protection. God is able to do all of those things because he has power and authority. So he tells them that because you didn't obey me, ain't nothing you're going to do that's going to prosper, whatever you put your hand to, and I'm going to keep it that way until you perish. Now, look why he say he's doing this. The last phrase, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. God says, the reason that I'm not going to let you prosper is because you disobeyed me. And some people think that it's a small thing to disobey God. Some people take it lightly about disobeying God. You see here that God takes disobedience extremely serious. God takes disobedience as something that he says, I have to straighten because I can't let it go that way without me being God. So in this situation, you see him telling him that as a nation and individually, ain't nothing you going to do going to prosper. Now, that's very interesting because he's already told them earlier that as a nation, I'm going to set you up above everybody else if you would just obey me. Now he's saying as a nation, if you don't obey me, I'm, I'm going to call cursing, vexation and, and, and rebuke to come upon you and you ain't going to be prosperous all because of your wicked ways. And notice this now, your wicked doings, the, 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 uh, 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 in essence, your wicked doing is saying you're disobedient. Disobedience is considered to be a wickedness unto God. When we don't do what it is that he's instructing us to do, our failure to obey him is considered to be wickedness in his eyesight. So we have to be careful of what we say, careful of what we do, especially when we know within our hearts what the Spirit has instructed us, what God says we're supposed to do, even as the church. If God says we are to love one another and we make, take it upon ourselves to say, well, I ain't going to love them, that's disobedience. That's wickedness before God. That's disobedient to the one who gave you the instruction to love your enemy, to love those who pray for those who despitefully love, uh, despitefully use you. So you see him saying that nationally and individually as a people that you are going to be in a bad situation. Look what he says in verse number 21 as he continues on to let them know what this, this judgments are going to be. In 21, he says, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto you. Now, this, this word pestilence is a common word uh, in the Old Testament. It's a term uh, that's used over 1,100 times, uh, uh, even in, in the Old Testament, but it basically refers to punishment that's going to lead to death. That God's punishment for this, he says, this pestilence uh, that I'm going to cause to come upon, he says, I'm going to cause it to cleave to you. Now, understand, when, if you want to see what that looks like, even if you get a chance, if you write it down, in Exodus chapter 9, uh, when the children of Israel were in captivity uh, um, in Egypt, uh, the Lord sent a pestilence. Uh, I think it's over in verse number 3, chapter 9, verse number 3 of Exodus. He sent a, a pestilence that came upon the cattle. But God says, what I'm going to do is I am going to be able to divide the cattle that belongs to the Jews and the cattle that belongs to those who are from, um, from Egypt. And when the pestilence came, scripture says that all of those animals that belong to the Egyptians died, but the animals that belong to the Jews lived. That was a pestilence that God sent, and that pestilence or that punishment will lead to death. Well, now he's telling Israel that the Lord shall send a pestilence, and that pestilence is going to cleave to you. Yeah, what th this thing is going to cause some of you to lose your life. 
And you got to see before they went into the promised land, there was another time that their foreparents disobeyed God, came back with a bad report, uh, uh, disobeyed and rebelled against God, and their foreparents died in the wilderness. So now here God is saying that if you disobey me when you get into the promised land, I will cause a pestilence to cleave unto you. And when it cleaves unto you, here's what it's going to do. It's going to consume you. He says, until he have consumed thee from off of the land, whether thou goest in to possess it. He says that this, this, this thing that's going to happen that can potentially take your life is going to be un, uh, uh, upon you until it consumes you off of the land. Now, that's interesting. Even in that clause, we'll see that diso disobedience is going to cause them to lose their place in the land. Disobedience can cause them to lose the blessing that God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, the problem there is that people need to understand, or the insight is, even if they lose the land, God still kept his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to take them into the land. They got in. They just couldn't do what it took to keep it. God was prepared for them to keep it, but they weren't willing to do what it took on their behalf in order to stay in the land. That's why when God blesses us, the same thing it took for us to get the blessing, it should take the same thing for us to keep the blessing. If you prayed for God to bless you, then you ought to pray after the blessing come. If you prayed for God to heal you, then you ought to keep praying after the healing has come. So we see here that he's saying that one of the curses is going to be, or the continuation of the judgment when you get there, is that this thing that's going to lead to death. Uh, 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 in Exodus, is called murrain. This, this, this murrain is going to be upon you. This, this, this pestilence is going to be upon you. In verse number 22, and, I, and hopefully I can get through. I, I don't think I'm going to make it through all the way because I think I had, uh, I got about eight minutes left. But I want to talk to you just to let you see what some of those pestilence were. Because the next verse start telling what some of those pestilence were that God was going to send that was going to lead to death. Uh, when they get into the promised land because of disobedience. Verse 22 says, the Lord shall smite thee or cause to come upon thee. Uh, uh, he shall smite thee with a consumption. Now, consumption uh, is, is a disease that caused dramatic weight loss. Uh, even if you look it up, you'll see that consumption is nothing but dramatic weight loss. God says that I am going to cause this to come upon you. So instead of you being fat and happy in the land, a disease is going to come upon you to cause you to lose weight. You ain't going to have a lot of food, and a disease is going to come upon you that cause you naturally to lose weight. That's going to be a curse. So instead of blessing, you're going to be receiving this curse, which means that you're going to lose instead of increase. So he says, I'm going to cause this weight-losing weight disease to, to come upon you. He says that he's going to smite them with a consumption, and then he says, I'm going to smite you with a fever. Notice these things are affecting the body. He says, I'm going to smite you with a fever, which means your temperature is going to be increasing. We know what it feels like to have a temperature. You don't feel good. You're irritated. You, you don't like to be around folks. He says that that's one of the punishments that I'm going to, I'm going to turn up the heat in your body. I'm going to turn up the heat in your life. And he says, here, I'm physically, I'm going to cause a fever to come upon you. And he also says, and next he says, I'm going to uh, uh, smite you with inflammation. We know that's nothing but swelling. Is that, that, that swelling of the joints, swelling of the body, inflamed joints. It, it, and notice the, the, the visualization of that. You're going to be losing weight and swelling at the same time. But it's all sickness. And it's all cause of punishment from God. 
And this is the curses that God says, I'm going to cause to come upon you. He says, I'm going I'm to cause you to have this inflammation. And he says, then he starts talking about not only am I going to affect your body, but I'm also going to affect the land. And, and I want to pause there because how, how, how many minutes I got there? Uh, you probably got five. Okay, I got I got five minutes left. So he, he says that here we saw how this is affecting the body. He says now it's not only going to affect the body, but it's going to affect uh, uh, um, the land, and the land is going to be that which you're producing. He says that he's going to send extreme uh, 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 burning, or he's going to send extreme heat uh, uh, in the land. And it's hard for plants to grow when you got nothing but heat. That's why you don't see much growing in the desert. He says that I am going to cause this extreme heat to come. He says, I'm also going to call the sword to come against you. We know what that is. That, that, that means you, some of y'all are going to die uh, uh, by the sword, whether it's fighting one another or fighting your enemies. This is part of, uh, of the disobedience, result of disobedience, that death is going to come. All of these things that can lead to, to death, the consumption, the fever, the inflammation, the extreme burning uh, with the sword. And he says that I'm going to call a blasting, and these two go together, uh, uh, and with blasting and with mildew. That's nothing but fungus. That's nothing but plants. That, I mean, that, that affects your plants. When a, when a plant gets a fungus, it kills the plant. Uh, when, when you when you dealing with crop, if, if, if there's a fungus that gets into the plant, all of a sudden, the plant dies. Because notice that all of these things that he said he's going to smite them with, look at the very last clause in verse number 22. It says, and they shall pursue thee until, until thou perish. These things are going to come upon you until you die. That's the implication. That is part of the implications that we see that's part of the punishment. So you see that there's judgments that's coming from God. You see that these judgments that God is speaking upon Israel to let them know that there are consequences for your actions. So when we take up next week, we'll take back up at verse uh, number 23. We'll take up at verse number 23 from there because God continues to tell them how there's going to be a drought in the land that, 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 that is also going to affect the land. So don't think, my brothers and sisters, even in, in our situations with God, that God takes disobedience lightly. He doesn't. God takes it serious. So that's why we have to do everything within our power to make sure we're doing what the master has told us to do. Because we say we call him our heavenly father. We say he is the head of our life. We say that we are his children. Well, God wants to bless us. God doesn't have a desire to curse us. Even Romans says that we're not the target of his wrath. God wants to bless us. So even in all of this, just make sure that as we're studying, and as you're studying this, that you see the lesson that's good for us as believers today is teaching us something about God. God is letting us know how he feels about disobedience. God is letting us know his views of disobeying his commands. So even with that, make sure that as we study this text continually, that we'll know that God is in control. So let us bow very quickly. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time of studying your word. Thank you for what you're teaching us and the blessings and the curses. Thank you, Lord, for the example that you lay before us today. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be humble before you. And I pray, Lord, that even we will learn from Israel and what you're showing us through their disobedience. Lord, I pray that you would bless us and let us not be disobedient to your word. Forgive us of the times that we have been disobedient. Pray that you will wipe our slate clean, O oh God. Give us a fresh start with you. 
And Lord, as we continue through this week, we pray that you will continue to be with us. Thank you for this time of studying your word. Thank you for allowing your word to fall upon the good soils of our hearts. So now, God, I pray that your word will grow within us. Let us, Lord, learn from what we have heard and know that you're still in control. Now bless us tonight as we depart off the call. Be with us, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. And we all can say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Uh,